July 21, 2019, it's the Watt for Pedro Show.
for Pedro Show. Happy Sunday. I'm not with Brother Matt, but I'm not totally man alone. Because through the wonders of those engineers in Estonia with their Skype software, I got Adam Mendoza. You're calling from Brooklyn, right? I'm calling, yeah, I'm in Sunset Park, Brooklyn. Okay, because that's where you live. Not originally, you're OC, but long time you've been there. I I'm think over, the last... yeah, it, as close as I come to original anywhere, I'm OC, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you told me you saw Born me in play. Miami. I know, but you saw, you told me you saw me play when you were younger. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I grew up, my, my, like, you know, teenage years were OC, Behind, for sure. behind the orange, Kurt. And, Big time. Uh, that's okay. Nobody picks where they're from, and. Actually, there's a lot of happening. People live there. You know, things have changed since you were a little girl. I think uh, even politically, when, even politically went, uh, that... It went left in the last election for the first time. That's why I was going to say, even politically, that place has changed. Big time. When yeah, I, was I can't younger, imagine. When I was more younger, there was a guy named Bob Dornan running things down there. Uh, uh, music stuff. No, he was a clown in the House of Representatives, I think. Oh, Okay. I mean, they, they were notorious. Anyway, it's changed. What what we call left-wing here. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was in the French Revolution. I wonder if those words mean shit much anymore. Uh, but anyway, it's been three and a half years since you've been on the show. And uh, you've done some yes. stuff in between. Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks for having me back on. Well, I played something from this album you did. Go Back to Space was the tune, and I played it right after John Coltrane with Miles Davis doing Stella by Starlight. Now, this is not under your own name. This is called Unnatural Ways. It's your band. Yes. Well, enlighten the listeners to that. Uh, About the band? So it is, it's my band that I've had um, since, I I guess it's about eight years old now. And I, uh, I lived in Oakland California for 10 years and I formed the band there with Nick Tamburo and Dominique Leone who's a uh, like keyboard player as bass player and drummer and it was always sort of part instrumental and part I would you know half songs that I sang on and so we did that for for a couple years and made a record and then I moved everybody kind of moved to different places Um, I moved to Brooklyn and restarted the band with some people out here but I and think, so I the think current, if I can interrupt for a second, Adam, yeah. I met you when you were living in Oaktown because Devin Hoff, I think, introduced me to you. Yeah, the gig that we played with Devin was in, in San Francisco when I was living in Oakland. It was a benefit, right? Yeah, it was a and benefit. I think it was for, the first time me and Devin AK used Press, the I think. I think it was the first time me and Devin used the name Emma Golden Bust Out Brigade. That's right. And it, w- it was a benefit for AK, right? Yeah. And, you know, we made an album with uh, Joe Berardi on drums. Okay. And uh, it's got to be released. I've got to get Byron Coley to put that thing out. It's a trippy-ass record. Oh, hell yeah. Devin, in fact, people, when I play with Unnatural Ways in October, it's not going to have the regular Unnatural Ways bass man. It's going to be Devin Hoff. Yeah, we got Tim Dahl cannot make that gig, and so Devin Hoff is going to be playing. And but let's let's great talk bass player and yeah, let's yeah, talk who, about who how you got together. To, together with those guys because you left the Bay Area and you went to parts east. Yes, I I got to Brooklyn and then I, um, you know, I reformed the band and and it was it's been through a couple different drummers, but it was immediately with Tim Dahl, who's the bass player in it now. 
and then the drummer uh, that's been in it for like four, yeah, I guess four years now, is Sam Ospavat. And so that lineup is is super steady. And Sam's also from Oakland. I've known him forever. We actually went, we've known each other like like 13 years or something. Um, and Tim and I have known each other about 10. So now, it's who, super, who like, uh, super like locked in now. Here, Ava, go back to space. Who, who's on that? Go back to space. It's Tim, Tim and Sam. Tim okay. and Sam. That's the regular. That's who lineup. did the album, right? Yeah. yeah. And where'd you record it? At uh, at Martin BC's studio, BC right. Studios in Brooklyn. Yeah, I was it, there. It get goes, this. It has like, okay, it has. I a was there. Names, so it was Caesar's Palace when I was there, and uh, I didn't even realize it was Martin's studio when I went in there. And then you know, there's like these Sonic Youth and Swans posters. Well, I want to tell you. I want to tell you. I yeah. was there. Yeah, yeah. In nineteen, I think it was nineteen eighty six, and the Sonic Youth was making Evo. Oh, cool. And Martin was there. And uh, he didn't have a booth. His mixing desk, it was one big fucking room. So, like, you were in the room with the desk. And uh, when you do a cover, when Sonic Youth wants to do a cover, you don't really play with them. You play with the fucking record. That's what happened with me. So, they, yeah, while we want to do this Kim Fowley song, so why don't you just play... Along to Kim uh, Fowley, not Gordon. Oh, Kim used, Fowley song. Whoa. I used yeah, it was called Bubblegum off his album Frankenstein. I used uh, Kim Gordon's bass. In fact, it was the first time I played after D Boone getting killed. You know, I, I stopped playing for Whoa, a little bit. Whoa, okay. So it was very heavy. It was some big ovation thing. It was cracks in the neck. I remember them pinching me in the palm. And then I did some kind of improvisation thing with the drummer man Steve Shelley, the new guy, right? And, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lee made something out of it, like a poem about somebody getting killed in a car wreck or something. But uh, the, that was very heavy for me. And Martin, he's still doing stuff, and it's great to know. I mean, when was this done? This was, so we recorded there uh, two years ago, and then it came out just this past spring. So about we're, a year, we're talking more year than, and a half to get it out. We're talking more than 30 years Martin's been going at this. It has a lot of history. That place is special. That place is special. And I love that room, and I love, you know, the gear they have. So, But I think there's a booth really now, right? to do it there. I think there's a was booth. It? Like he's got the mixing board in a different room than where you record. Yes. So there's there's the huge like high ceiling room when you walk in, and then the control rooms upstairs now, different room. Yeah, you, you used to be in there, so I wonder maybe used headphones or shit. How do you know what was coming over the fucking mics? It was headphones. Yeah, it was trippy. I can't remember. I was it was a hard time for me at that time, and I didn't notice, but I I do remember that because I not a lot of situations like that where the engineer man is right there in the room with. Yeah, you. yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. Place. How long did it take you to do, Al? Man, we did it in we did it in one day, and we some of them some of it was stuff that we'd been playing. You're talking for mix years too? At that point, or just record? No, 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 no. No, we just we tracked in one day, and then I overdubbed vocals on my own. But all the all the instrumental stuff we did in that studio in one day. Some of it we've been playing for years. Some of it like so, I had I- just written, and we like recorded it in little sections. But yeah, we did it fast. What do you mean, like Metallica? When you just glue it all together? 
No, I hear that's how like, they have to uh, do it. For, yeah, I mean, we have, record, I heard they had like to do that for the drummer man. I'd edit them together. What's I that? heard. I one thing about Skype, it's hard to talk at the same time. Uh, I heard the drummer man and Metallica has to record that way. He puts a bunch of little parts together and they glue it, or he put, they do a bunch of little parts and then they glue them together. Yeah, I I believe it. I believe it. This was more like recording, you know, like the first two minute section and then like separately we'd do the next two minute section or whatever. It wasn't like because anybody couldn't play. It was just like easier to get each section. Yeah, I should have made that. We, you know, so I just like heard that. Maybe three. that ain't true. But this is what I heard. Yeah, I don't know yeah. Why I make It'd be fun like three edits in a song or whatever. No, I'm not talking about you guys. I'm talking about that other band. <laughs> mm-hmm. So... What Large, you're trying, what you're saying yes. before, besides that, uh, that 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 stu, stu, studio wizardry, is so, sort of like a gig because you've been playing them gigs, uh, songs so long. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the ones that we've been playing forever. The way I always, almost always, do stuff is I write something and then I play it for like a year or or three or four years and then I record it. It's really rare I write something and just go into the studio right away. What about, so it, right, like, what about in the studio? Oh, writing in the studio? Yeah, like uh, I think the other word for that is expensive practice pad. Yeah, yeah, I don't have the money for that. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> you know about I mean, that? That'd, that'd be People nice, go yeah, into something like $1,500 a day studio with no tunes. <laughs> totally, yeah. And like, oh, let's just go in there and mess around. We'll be creative. It's like, no. Oh, man, in the 90s, I went because, you know, I was... Um, on a big label and I would hear these stories you know yeah. you spend all day just trying to get a bass sound and no no this ain't the right place right. <laughs> yeah 1500 dollars look yeah, I want to no, play a song funny. here from like, uh, the new th- thing this Ra- this Ramones record was was made in only a week in the studio and it's like oh my god I would kill for that <laughs> okay oh the first one I met that guy I Colin. think so I think so I, I met I, I met the producer man Colin uh-huh. He was telling me about that. Yeah, that Tommy, the drummer man, actually did all the lead guitar. Johnny couldn't play lead guitar. Look, yeah. I want to play this song, <laughs> Cosmic Border Cop.
poet said The richer people, the born and bred The flower pots painted in red Not living on margarine and bread So it said, so it said Where'd you go once you are dead? A number tattooed on your head Your eyes closed, covered in lead So it said, so it said Feed the animals, feed the people Feed the animals, feed the people Feed the people, feed the people Stumble up and stumble out Find a reason to be devout Spend your 
For Pedro Show, we started that chunk of music with Cosmic Border Cop. What were you trying to say there? Or are you trying to are you say enough just by putting it out? What are you the title? Is that what you mean? Well, m- more likely the material, but I guess the title's part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just what am I trying to say? Is that what you're asking? No, because um, maybe you don't have to. Because that's why you made the song. You know, I don't think yeah, person yeah. has to well, explain their I mean, music if they don't want to. Sure. You know, the whole album is kind of about a lot of it has to do with borders and like crossing borders and, you know, xenophobia and it all. If it's about one thing, the whole record's about xenophobia and just how how we're at kind of a a fever pitch of that uh, culturally right now. And it's, it's everywhere. And, you know, you're always reading about detention centers and what's going on at the border and somebody being afraid of some immigrant and somebody getting deported. So um, that's a big part of what the what the record's about. So this was one of the more newer ones because you you were telling saying earlier that you play these for a while and then you record. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, one of the things that that I did as we were playing them is I would change the lyrics. And so they... I'll make it know, more the, contemporary. The, yeah, I guess so. And also just like better hopefully (laughs) where uh you know i'd write lyrics and then adjust them over over a couple of years and that um well is this record different that way because a lot of your work is instrumental yes so it is different it's the first record i've ever done that's like all it has lyrics on every single song right um and it and then those lyrics were changing those lyrics were in flux yeah those lyrics were changing and it it really, it was partly like, um, I just started loving singing more and it felt like, uh, the right people to do it with kind of like to, to do, uh, vocal songs and not just instrumental songs with. And then also I was just, I kept writing these lyrics because of what, what's been going on, you know, uh, just paranoia wise and, and yeah, xenophobia yeah. wise. I was sort of like writing about that a lot and it just came out that there were lyrics on every song. You know, uh, what about the idea where the lyrics stay the same, but you change the music? Well, that, yeah, I mean, that happened in some cases, too. Like, the music definitely evolved a lot as for the ones that we were playing over the years. Now, I asked that. totally evolved. I asked that because I have a kind of connection going back to being a boy with Blue Oyster Cult. Yeah. And, like, the, oh, yeah, yeah. there's a song me and Dee Boone did since we were boys called The Red and the Black. And the lyrics uh-huh. that are, I think it's from about running from the draft. And, uh, you know, I got to meet the mm. Bouchard brothers and be friends with them and shit. And 
it a- cool. actually had even different titles, but the same words and different music, but the same word. It first started off as I'm peeping through your files, and then it got turned into on the first album they did called I'm on the Lamb, but I ain't no sheep. And then on the second album, it became the red and the black, what me and D Boone know, knew. And then we found it when they were called Stock Forest Group. And they had another version then. But the same words just kept coming through with the different musics and the different band names, all that shit. Ain't that trippy? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, this some of the songs that are on this last record actually came out instrumentally on the previous record. Yeah, like right. The, I was, the... was going to ask you about that. Uh-huh. So yeah, you I like repur- them, you, re- uh, to- you repurpose them? Yeah, I guess so. And it 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 was from you know that the the second record was this record that we did for the label Zodic for Zorn's label. Sure, sure. And that sure, was all Zorn. instrumental. And uh, we recorded those. I think we had been playing all of those for like a year when we recorded them, and then kept playing them. And the, some of them it just felt. I started adding lyrics little by little, and then it snowballed, you know, and they'd just become full-on songs with vocals all over them. And uh, I think there's three that were on the previous record that are that are on the Paranoia Party. Right. Well, let me tell you about the other music we heard after Cosmic Border Cup. So from England, brand new, The Emperor's Ice Cream out of Brighton with So It's Said. And then the Duodecimal System, some brand new out of Cleveland, stared at the sun. Left Side from Lauren, Mike Renetta, Puzzle Piece 03. Those are both New York City bands. Uh, Guided by Voices out of Dayton, Ohio, with Cobbler Ditches. Nice. Gonna, yeah. Bob Pollard's coming. I think New Year's going to do a 100-song set at the Roxy in West Hollywood. Whoa, cool. You know, he's working. I think he's working on his 104th, 105th album. Uh-huh. <laughs> a little bit prolific. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Dan Francia, Walking in Heaven. He was on the show last week. Uh, Mike Baguetta, you know him. In yeah. fact, the last time yeah, I saw you, great. we shared a stage together with his uh, number eight from his Contos record. And then Funhouse, which is an actual recording from last March, March 2019, people at, uh, used to be called Brownies, now it's called Coney Island, baby, a Lou Reed song there. Uh, a place in Manhattan you can play. Uh Funhouse, Amazing, two songs. Right? Steve Hodges on the drums, uh, Mendoza guitar, uh, Mike Baguetta guitar, and Watt on the spiel on the bass. And it was the last song of the last gig of that tour. It went straight from there to uh, JFK and conked at the JetBlue uh, <laughs> deck there. <laughs> the flat was in four or five. <laughs> yeah, I was not too comfortable. But I told, I told Mike Baguetta, look. The last gig, you know, we can probably wait. We don't have to get on an airplane. Next time, let's conk a little bit. But he's learning. He's beautiful. I'm going to do some more gigs <laughs> with him in December. In well, fact, it was, yeah, it was so fun sitting in with you guys. That was, um... Well, you asked to get time. on, you asked to get on the bill. And, uh, you know, I Yeah, asked yeah, yeah. People, I asked you to get on the bill, and you were like, talk to Mike Baguetta. I wrote Mike. Right, so because nice. it really wasn't my band, right? So I didn't want to, you know... Be the total sure, d- yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike was like, ancient. yeah, he was so sweet. We became sort of guitar friends immediately. And yeah, he was like, absolutely, get you on the bill. So I opened for you guys solo, and then I didn't expect to sit in. Well, that's what I was going to say. Song, since, but since, so it happened. Yeah, but Abbott, like I said, since you were on the bill, and we're doing fucking Stooges, you know, 
And yeah. first time I did that with them guys was those gigs. And I thought, well, fuck. You know, that, that to me, Stooges music is like that. Like, anybody could come in and, like, they're not just covering Stooges. They're actually bringing some of themselves up because that's what Stooges music does. It they're kinda, so good. They're like standards. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's like a springboard or a launch pad, right, to get your own thing. Yeah, and you and Mike... You know, I didn't bring the spiel in for a while because you and Mike were having kind of a dually there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, by the way, you were the one holding the middle. You were midships. So that it was just great. And you know there's a video of that fucking thing on YouTube.com. I know. it's We're on YouTube. Yeah. That was a good time. We actually So that gig that we played with Devin, the first time I met you, we played Funhouse too. I'm telling you, it was the same trip. That yeah. kind of music for me just begs for other people to get on board. It's not like, you know, I'm going to copy the Funhouse album more than better than you. It's not like that at all. It's like, whoa. It's more like a big swimming pool. And so sure, jump in. Sure, come sure. on. Or a big hay wagon, like Joey uh, Ramone said. If you got something, jump on. Then that's the way I felt yeah. with Devin, you know, on his stand up. <laughs> and you. Yeah. And then again with Mike Baguetta and Steve Hodges in your new town. And uh, I just thought it was fucking appropriate. And, and you know, and you guys brought it, okay? It's one thing to use words, but, I mean, when it fucking happened, I, I was just so happy <laughs> to be on board with you. So yeah. maybe it was my fucking no, idea, I mean, but you guys explain. made it happen. Yeah. Go like ahead. Covers like that is like some, something I kind of miss it in, in rock music. It's like, I think there should be more of that. People, yeah, people they used to do it with uh, Johnny kind of Be Good or something. It, yeah, they would do it with that? medleys, right? John, Johnny Be Good yeah. shaking all over. and But that, that kind of sure, went out. Sure, yeah. I mean, 50s rock and roll too. But like, I think I think it's good to do stuff like that. And it doesn't mean you're you're sort of like, oh, write your own songs. It doesn't mean you're not, doesn't mean you're being lazy. Good point. Look, we made It's nice the to first, reinterpret uh, stuff like that. First hour of the July 21, 2019 Ralph Show, featuring a Mendoza. Hold tight for hour two. July 21, 2019, it's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro Show. Thank you. 
Watt for Pedro Show. We start off the second hour with M. Mendoza doing Tennessee Waltz live. It was a daytime gig. And I, it was in Oaktown, right? Out west here. Yeah, it was in Oakland in a in a like bar restaurant in kind of downtown Oakland at at three in the afternoon or something like that. All right, so uh, everybody could watch your fingers. Then we had now from <laughs> South London doing the voice in my ears. Healers out of Illinois with Don't Bother. Chris Chappelle's Distortion Pedal. That's the name of a band. I think it's a father <laughs> and son team. The night the lights went out in Venezuela. Dardo with GDLS. It's got to be an acronym because where the, where's the fucking vowel? <laughs> and then improvised piece. This is something you did with uh, Jamaluddin Takuma and Carl oh, Abdul cool. Shahid. And I is saw I saw Jamaluddin with Primetime Ornette's band where he's got two of everything. He breaks his song like the first note of the first tune and he goes the whole gig with just three strings. Pretty balls oh, d- up. Oh yeah, he'll do that. He'll do, he'll play through anything. He's Philly cat, right? Yes. Yeah. He's in Philly. He uh what how Oh yeah, that gig. So it's the trio with him and Kyrie Abdul Shahid. Is that the one that you're playing? I think so. I don't know. It's just something like okay. I don't even know that it looked like you guys were improvised. So that's why I called it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think if that's the one then it was this gig in Philly where he came and his amp immediately died. So he went like direct into the PA. Right. And, and he yeah, he was just like a super good sport about that's it. That's what it, it sounded amazing. like. That's what it sounded like. But he's balls out and yeah, he's a professional. And he's very inventive yes. and very distinctive. You know Jamaluddin, Jesus. And uh, also a great dresser, <laughs> i got to say. Amazing dresser, yeah. yeah he's got so much dresser. style. And just, but, just like, really one of the sweetest people. But how'd that gig happen? That happened, so he, he had gotten in touch with me in the Bay Area because he did a residency, this residency in Marin. And he reached out to me and, like, wanted – Wanted me to play on it, but the dates didn't work out somehow. But we just stayed in touch after that. Yeah. And then I got this gig in Philly right after I moved here six years ago, and called him up and asked him if he would do it, and he he was down. So, yeah, it was super great to play with him. We've played together one time since then, and it's like always inspiring. Maybe uh, record in the future, maybe. I know, I maybe. know. It's it's hard to it's hard to you know orchestrate the whole thing yeah i know so i know but what about uh yeah you can get back to mike baguetta and uh, you say you guys are guitar i mean there there's a place for inventive guitar players these days huh yeah 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 well i, I mean i guess i grew who up who do we blame you know, nels with, klein what's that who do we blame nels klein who do we, nels klein is definitely part to blame but like yeah i grew up around him and around that la scene I mean, there's other guys, you, uh, basically. In your parts, too, there's Mark uh, Rabot and Bill Frizzell. For sure, for sure. I really yeah, dig this, this like thing the where Coast the guitar Coast. players don't have to play cliches. They're really adventurous kind of playing, man. They're yeah. not afraid to play with anybody. No, no, they'll play with the dog. <laughs> like in the best way. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I really That gig that I did with you and Mike. Sure. Steve Hodges on the drums, too. The week. Oh, you're cutting out there. You're cutting out there. Say it again, Ava. I've seen him or played with him. Ava, you cut out. You have to say that again. The week before. 
Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I can hear you. You can hear me? I can hear you. Um, the week before that gig that I played with you, I uh, had played a duo gig with Nels. And I was like, oh, right, this is kind of my roots. It was like these SoCal people that, uh, you know, it's like people who play in punk bands but but love John Coltrane, and that's like a huge part of their music. And I feel like that's just what I grew up loving, and I kind of took it for granted. But it's still where I come from in a lot of ways. What about this tune, uh, Tinfoil Hats? Oh, there you are. This tune, Tinfoil Hats. I found a live version in Natural Ways. I want to play it now.
Watch for Pedro show. Uh, Jake Saul, we just heard, live, Ab Mendoza. And before that, Telomere Repair, Stuart, the head of That Mess Aesthetics, that's a new band with uh, Joe Lolly and uh, Brendan from Fugazi, Mythomania. And we started with Tip Fall Hats, live, Unnatural Ways. I guess one was Ab Mendoza, one was Unnatural Ways. So yeah, different times. Of, you want to say yeah, something Jake about those Song songs? Yeah, just under my name. Well, well, tell us about both those recordings. Yeah, so actually, Tinfoil Hats, it's the instrumental version of something you played on the first hour, which is Most of All We Love to Spy. Right. Okay. Like, yeah, it's the, the older, no vocals version. So, it's a, yeah, that John Tinfoil Zorn's. Hats is on the, yeah. yeah, on Zorn's label, and then uh, Most of All We Love to Spy is on the last record. Sure. So, you got both of them. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then Jake's song is on, I think you, did you play the one off YouTube or the one off a record? No, this is a live version. Okay. Then it's, uh, I think it's solo, the live one. It's you. It's just and, you. Um, yeah, it's just me and... Well, you and a guitar and an amp. A bunch of pedals, you know, super some simple, pedals, simple tune. Yeah, what's your idea about Basically. pedals? You know, we had a guy with us, I don't know if you noticed... But with uh, me, Mike Baguetta, and Steve Hodges, there was a guy recording a gig named Chris Schlarb. And uh-huh. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. I, I remember driving around, you know, he's with us on the tour, all four of us in a little minivan, and him and Mike Baguetta getting into discussions about pedals. Yeah. So what? what's your take? Well, I have, you know, I'm, a, I'm definitely a, a, a pedal guy, but I, I kind of have my rig, it's like, what, six pedals or something, and it... it I keep it pretty much the same. I'm not that into buying everything new that comes along. I want to want to keep it, you know, where it's my instrument. Um, you did have a new guitar, a right? When I saw was you, it? you had a new guitar when I saw you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a. I was able to have that custom made by this guy Rob Raddick, who lives in Park Slope. Great guitar builder and super sweet guy. So that was that's been my baby basically for two years. Because that, before that, you were using the same guitar for a long time. It wasn't custom built, but you used it a long time. No, that was yeah, old Whitey, my white Jaguar, yeah. my white Jaguar reissue. So did this guy? Um, did you did you bring the Jag to him and say, hey, I want something like this but different? Yeah, well, he had been my uh, just repair guy for a while, so I would bring old Whitey to him, and I was like, I want something, you know, like this, but but different in these ways. And, uh, you know, I think I'm going to get a jazz master. And he was like, hold on, I'm starting to build guitars. What if I just cut you a deal and I build something for you? And it, he offered me something reasonable. And he, w- he was such a good repair guy. I was like, yes, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, he built the green one, 
which is like based off a of Jazzmaster Jaguar body, yeah. but um, it's got a longer neck and better sustain and and you know just sit, custom custom fit to me basically. Uh, yeah, and I love it. I did Old one. Ladies, uh, like, I did one recording session with Nels Klein. He used thirty six pedals. And I asked him. Yeah, he, he, Nels beats me with pedals for sure. He has yeah. more than me. This was this session had thirty six, and and I asked him, "What is your favorite pedal?" And you know what he told yeah. me? What? Volume. Did you hear that? What did he say? Volume. No. What did he say? Volume. Oh, volume pedal. You know what? I'm. I think I kind of agree. Like if I if I have to bring one to a gig. It's volume. If I have to bring two, it's like overdrive or distortion. But uh, volume, I'm something about using a volume knob. Like yeah, I was going to say, you know, it, Jimmy played upside down strats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he had the knob it's, right there on his palm. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, I just I never got that good with a volume knob, and also it'll like you know it changes your tone so much when it's down halfway. Or you lose whatever. high end, so right? I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. You lose presence. So I got really used to volume pedal and I did yeah that's that's a that might be my number one too well like now uh okay what is your least favorite pedal <laughs> oh there's so many um i mean <laughs> well okay the de so the declaminator decla well i'm not a big chorus has to be it's like you should have a license to be able to use chorus pedal you mean like the edge there's, there's yeah, like like no wavy chorus I like, no wavy 80s chorus I like, but then there's certain kinds where I'm like, oh, you should have like had to go to chorus pedal school before you started using it that way. <laughs> I mean, fl flangers, flangers kind of like that. Not my favorite. Yeah, the modulate thing, huh? Okay, I, I'm just curious. I don't know. I'm going to use a fuzz box on this next tour I do with Flipper. We're at the end of the second hour, July 21, okay. 2019. Special guest out of Mendoza. Hold tight for hour three. July 21, 2019. It's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro Show.
Off for Pedro, show we start off the third hour with Danifest Mesny, and here's Abigo to tell you about this. Yeah, so Danifest Mesny is off the first Unnatural Ways record, and uh, it, uh, you know, it's a, again, just like, whatever, Manifest Destiny, it's just this, like, psychedelic, kind of absurd, kind of stupid riffing on on American mentality. Um, and yeah, it was one of the songs off that record that has vocals all over it. About half are, are instrumental. And that's with Nick Tamburo and Dominique Leo. That's when you had a keyboard. Yeah, yeah. Keyboard is bass. So I tell you, that title, it makes me think of, uh, you know, in school. And it, you know, what policy was most responsible for Westford ex- expansion? And of yeah, course, totally. yeah, but I got it wrong because you know what I put up for my answer? No. Man erect next to me. <laughs> well, I put manifest destiny. That's so funny. We both got it wrong. Yeah, we're a bunch of wrong answerers. <laughs> okay, we had another umbrella after that with having a good time. Late great Mr. Derek Crane. After that, take me with you. Number two, national debt. No time to lose. And then unnatural ways to get more recent. Is this a joke? <laughs> a question mark, right? So t- tell yes. us about that, baby. Oh, sorry. Did you ask me? Yeah. Or is it play? Oh, you asked You don't have you to. You know, some, I've had people Whoop. tell me, look, what? I made the song. I don't have to explain it. I mean, you don't have to explain it. To you no, 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 no. That's fine. I just couldn't tell if you asked me or, or if you were like, I'm playing it right now. Um, well, that was the last song we heard on the last block of music there, Abba. Okay. Got it. So is this a joke? Is People, look, from- you got to understand, Ava don't really hear the music till she hears the show because I put all this shit on digitally. <laughs> so sorry to confuse. Um, so, th- yeah, that one's off the first record as well. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like a... I love Ornette Coleman, and it's kind of a, like a response to this song of, of his called Free. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought you were going to say lonely woman. I thought you were going to say lonely woman. Joe Biza does a good version of lonely woman. By the way, Joe Biza was here in Pedra at Casa Hansa recording some solo stuff, talking okay, about yeah, you know guys like Nels Klein, right? Joe Biza. Joe yeah. Biza was twenty-seven years old, an artist, right? A guy who drew, and because uh-huh. of the punk movement, hey, I want to learn guitar. 27 years old, and in a couple of years, he's transcribing Charlie Parker solos. He's so good. Yeah, so intense. Really beautiful thing about the movement. Uh, I want to play here, Quit Your Unnatural Ways. <laughs> you want to say something about that before we play it? Sure. Yeah, so that's actually off this record that's kind yeah. of a prequel to forming the band Unnatural Ways. And that was just a duo with the first drummer from the band, uh, Nick Tamburo. Right. That's, that record is me and him duo, and it's called Quit Your Unnatural Ways. And that song we uh, just heard is is Quit Your Unnatural Ways. Yeah, it's such a subjective thing, huh? What's natural? What's na- It's like, like I, I hear this word normal, and it really makes me, a, I yeah. don't want to hear that word. <laughs> yeah, no, as soon as I hear people talking about natural, I mean, it's like that's been used to, to justify so much racism. Of course. Slavery, sexism, course. all this stuff. It's like, I, as soon as I hear that, I'm like, uh-oh, something's wrong. <laughs> okay, let's listen.
got nothing to burn Tastes a lot to get me going Grooves are so warm I swear one day I'll find myself in a sitcom kitchen With some Mac who's not wearing pants Sure he can make it Give it one day the chance A nest of broken glass Magpies love The shiny surface Leaves me cold and depressed I should never whine About the situations As they're actually pretty good
from Pedro Show, last music for this show. Quit Your Unnatural Ways from Unnatural Ways. Then Dan Jones with Just Woke Up, The Mountain Dusselmer Bleed. Richard X. Heyman, her garden bath. He was on the show a couple months ago. God, he's maybe almost 70, still doing you know, beautiful inspiration. One-eighth from the leftists. And then go back to space, but a live version, people. Uh, not like what we started the show off pretty near three hours ago. Uh, what's, what's next for a natural ways besides playing with Watt without your regular bass player in October? Yeah. We're, so we, we've got, let's see, our next thing is August 10th with uh, Cheer Accident from Chicago. They'll be, they'll be coming through Brooklyn, and we're playing a show with them at Ceremony on the 10th. That's in Williamsburg. Okay. So you got some gigs? Uh, at the end of August, go, we do a little, what's that? So you got some gigs? Yeah, yeah. So we have that local thing, and then when end of August, we go like basically as far west as Chicago. You got some like, tour. You got through, some tour. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like Cleveland, Lafayette, Chicago, Detroit, Toronto, Montreal, back home. It's a little tour. And where can people find out about you on the internet? There is. So we we have a band camp that's just unnaturalwaysbandcamp.com. And, uh, then my website has like a bunch of, of sort of a wing on the band. And then what's and the URL for a that A bunch website? of information, and that's just, it's avamendosamusic.com. Let's spell it. A-V-A-M-E-N-D-O-Z-A-M-U-S-I-C.com. Yes, people, go there. From there, you can find out about other places where she puts information, but that's her home base there. And uh, you probably have a link to your band camp from there, too, right? Yeah, it's easy. It's all linked up. Yeah. Facebook, so Instagram. people, to get information about these upcoming gigs she's got. She's going as far west as Chicago. Man, it's going to be sweaty. You know that. Oh, I know. It's disgusting in Brooklyn right now. But it's Chicago in the end of August, Chicago ain't going to be too calm either. <laughs> it's it's going to be crazy. Yeah, we're kind of asking for it. <laughs> At least it's late August. I, I got to tell you, SoCal has been calm. 70s. Yeah. Well, you know, not in the valley, of course, and shit, where Perk is. It's okay. 100 every day. But Pedro, 70s. And it's dry there. That makes it. I do better with dry heat. Like yeah, yeah. humid heat and just. You know, New York's dirty. It's a city. It's like humid heat and dirt blowing at you all the time. <laughs> Has an odor to it. <laughs> the New York anyway, anyway. What we've been talking about a lot of adventurous guys on guitar, but like yeah. yourself, what about ladies on guitar? Is there more? Yeah, like you yeah, ever? yeah. <laughs> Not um, to be well, sound like you're you know, some um, uh, attraction right, at the zoo yeah. or something, because you're a beautiful person. But is there other ladies tearing shit up on guitar? Yeah, well, Pat from the from the Contortions. Yeah, is definitely goes way one. back. Uh. Yeah, I love her. Um, she she was big on slide, right? Yeah, she's a great kind of like you know no wavy slide player. Mm -hmm. And up, oh, you dropped out again. And, um, people do. Oh, you, dro you really, dropped really out there. Style, nobody else sounds like that, you know. Right. Uh oh. Well, yeah, you dropped uh -oh. out. But what you were saying was nobody sounds like Pat Place. Nobody sounds like her. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, super special. 
Um, and then there's there's ladies around in my scene now that I like a lot. There's, Let's um, give them a shout out so people can find out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My friend Sally Gates Sally is one Gates. of them. She's like a metal-y, shreddy guitar player. Super great. Mary Halverson is somebody that's more in the like free jazz and jazz world that I like a lot. Um, Jessica Ackerley has a band called Essie, E-S-S-I. Okay. And uh, she's real awesome. Those are the, yeah, kind of the three three ones closest to me, I would say. And, and what do you think? Uh, it could be a thing, right? I th- I'm into it. It's not just a freak show, right? It's a, a natural way <laughs> or an unnatural yeah. way of doing <laughs> things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely not... What I'm saying is the era of just show, playing... Like, ba- people uh, being like, oh my God, it's a woman and she... Can't yeah, what it. I'm trying to say, Ava, that the days of just playing tambourine and backup singing isn't the only place for a lady with music. Yeah, sure. Sure. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's hopefully super over, you know, <laughs> and for, for me, it's, uh, for me, it's funny because I grew up the way I learned to play was from playing classical guitar. Yeah. And that's that's actually like kind of mixed. Like there were a lot of girls in that just growing up. So sure. I never heard you, ca- you cut out again. music with dude thing until I got into my 20s. Oh, it never occurred to me that music was like. Really, more more men than women even until I was in my twenties and uh, I started playing in rock bands and then I was like okay you know a couple of women and by the time I was thirty it was like where'd they all go yeah. but as I was growing up because it was classical music it was way more balanced right right I just didn't want to play that music sure you know there was something about one hundred and twenty <laughs> years ago called mandolin orchestras. And they would uh-huh. be almost entirely female. Yeah, and they'd have mandolins of every yeah, size, yeah. from the little ones that we know to, like, bass ones that were tuned in fourths. Actually, they had frets, so Mr. Leo Fender, I'm sorry you didn't invent the fretted bass. But, yeah, <laughs> but the whole thing of gender and all this stuff to f- fucking determine things of, as, as far as artistic expression is so ridiculous, huh? It's totally... But you know what? Any farmer would tell you, Alvin. We're done. Any farmer would tell you... A farmer would tell you, if you want a good crop, use a lot of manure. So I said, bring it, motherfuckers. Oh, yeah, bring the shit. Sure. (laughs) We can deal with it. It's been a huge honor to have you on again. When you get your next album done, can we talk again? I would love to. I would love to. Thanks so much for having me on. Uh, Absolutely. I'd like a third time, so... In the Hell future. Yeah. Been great honor to have you on this time. Good luck with your tour. People, it's been July 21, 2019 edition of Watt for Pedro Show. Special guest, Ava Mendoza. Keep your powder dry.